Chapter Nine of the Imperialist by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. The office of Messrs. Folk, Warner, and Murchison was in Market Street, exactly over Scott's drug store. Scott, with his globular blue and red and green vessels in the window and his soda water fountain inside, was on the ground floor the passage leading upstairs separated him from mickey boots and shoes and beyond mickey elgin's leading tobacconist shared his place of business with the barber the last two contributed most to the gaiety of market street the barber with the ribbanded pole which stuck out at an angle the tobacconist with a nobly featured squaw in chocolate effigy who held her draperies under her chin with one hand and outstretched a packet of cigars with the other the passage staircase between scott's and mickey's had a hardened look and bore witness to the habit of expectoration ladies going up to dr simmons held their skirts up and the corners of their mouths down dr simmons was the dentist you turned to the right the passage itself turned to the left and after passing two doors bearing the law firm's designation in black letters on ground glass it conducted you with abruptness to the office of a bicycle agent and left you there for greater emphasis the name of the firm of messrs folk warner and murchison was painted on the windows also it could be seen from any part of the market square which lay with the town hall in the middle immediately below during four days in the week the market square was empty odds and ends of straw and paper blew about it an occasional pedestrian crossed it diagonally for the short cut to the post office the town hall rose in the middle and defied you to take your mind off the ugliness of municipal institutions on the other days it was a scene of activity farmers wagons with the shafts turned in were ranged round three sides of it on a big day they would form into parallel lanes and cut the square into sections as well the produce of all fox county filled the wagons varying agreeably as the year went round bags of potatoes leaned against the sidewalk apples brimmed in bushel measures ducks dropped their twisted necks over the cart-wheels the town hall in this play of colour stood redeemed the produce was mostly left to the women to sell on the fourth side of the square loads of hay and cordwood demanded the master mind but small matters of fruit vegetables and poultry submitted to feminine judgment the men unhitched and went away on their own business it was the wives you accosted as they sat in the middle with their knees drawn up and their skirts tucked close vigilant in rusty bonnets if you wished to buy among them circulated the housewives of elgin pricing and comparing and acquiring you could see it all from dr simmons's window sitting in his chair that screwed up and down there was a little difficulty always about getting things home only very ordinary people carried their own marketing trifling articles like eggs or radishes 
might be smuggled into a brown wicker basket with covers but it did not consort with elegance to traipse home with anything that looked inconvenient or had legs sticking out of it so that arrangements of mutual obligation had to be made the good woman from whom mrs jones had bought her tomatoes would take charge of the spring chickens mrs jones had bought from another good woman just as soon as not and deliver them at mrs jones's residence as under any circumstances she was going round that way it was a scene of activity but not of excitement or in any sense of joy the matter was too hard an importance it made too much difference on both sides whether potatoes were twelve or fifteen cents a peck the dealers were laconic and the buyers anxious country neighbors exchanged the time of day but under the pressure of affairs now and then a lady of elgin stopped to gossip with another the countrywomen looked on curious grim and a little contemptuous of so much demonstration and so many words life on an elgin market-day was a serious presentment even when the sun shone and at times when it rained or snowed the aesthetic seemed a wholly unjustifiable point of view it was not misery it was even a difficult kind of prosperity but the margin was small and the struggle plain plain too it was that here was no enterprise of yesterday no fresh broken ground of dramatic promise but a narrow inheritance of the opportunity to live which generations had grasped before there were bones in the village graveyards of fox county to father all these sharp features elgin market square indeed was the biography of fox county and in little the history of the whole province the heart of it was there the enduring heart of the new country already old in acquiescence it was the deep root of the race in the land twisted and unlovely but holding the promise of all something like that lord murchison felt about it as he stood for a moment in the passage i have mentioned and looked across the road the spectacle never failed to cheer him he was uniformly in gayer spirits better satisfied with life and more consciously equal to what he had to do on days when the square was full than on days when it was empty this morning he had an elation of his own it touched everything with more vivid reality the familiar picture stirred a joy in him in tune with his private happiness its undernote came to him with a pang as keen the sense of kinship surged in his heart these were his people this his lot as well as theirs for the first time he saw it in detachment till now he had regarded it with the friendly eyes of a participator who looked no further to-day he did look further the whole world invited his eyes offering him a great piece of luck to look through the opportunity was in his hand which if he could seize and hold would lift and carry him on 
he was as much aware of its potential significance as any one could be and what leapt in his veins till he could have laughed aloud was the splendid conviction of resource already in the door of the passage he had achieved from that point he looked at the scene before him with an impulse of loyalty and devotion a tenderness seized him for the farmers of fox county a throb of enthusiasm for the idea they represented which had become for him suddenly moving and pictorial at that moment his country came subjectively into his possession great and helpless it came into his inheritance as it comes into the inheritance of every man who can take it by deed of imagination and energy and love he held this microcosm of it as one might say in his hand and looked at it ardently then he took his way across the road a tall thickly built young fellow detached himself from a group smiling broadly at the sight of murchison and started to meet him hello lorne he said he had smiled all the way anticipating the encounter he was obviously in clothes which he did not put on every day but the seriousness of this was counteracted by his hard felt hat which he wore at an angle that disregarded convention hello elmore you back that's about it you don't say back to stay far as i can see young alf's made up his mind to learn the dentist business and the old folks are backin' him so i don't see but i've got to stop on and run the show father's getting up in years now why yes i suppose he must be it's a good while since you went west well what sort of a country have they got out swan river way booming right along boom nothing i don't mean to say there's anything the matter with the country there ain't but you've got to get up just as early in the mornings out there as you do anywhere far as i noticed and it's a lonesome life now i am back i don't know but little old ontario's good enough for me and i hear you've taken up the law lorne you always had a partiality for it do you remember up there to the collegiate i used to think it'd be fine to travel with samples those days but you were dead gone on the law by all reports it pans out pretty well don't it the young men had taken their way among the shifting crowd together lorne murchison although there was something too large about him for the town's essential stamp made by contrast as he threaded the desultory groups of country people a type of the conventional and the formed his companion glanced at him now and then with admiration the values of carriage and of clothes are relative in fifth avenue lorne would have looked countrified in piccadilly colonial districts are imaginable perhaps not in this world where the frequenters of even those fashionable thoroughfares would attract glances of curiosity by their failure to achieve the common standard in such things lorne murchison to dismiss the matter was well up to the standard of elgin though he wore his straw hat quite on the back of his head and buried both hands in his trousers pockets his eye was full of pleasant easy familiarity with the things he saw and ready to see larger things 
it had that beam of active inquiry curious but never amazed that marks the man likely to expand his horizons meanwhile he was on capital terms with his little world which seemed to take pleasure in hailing him by his christian name even morose jim webster who had failed three times in groceries said morning lorn with a look of toleration he moved alertly the poise of his head was sanguine the sun shone on him the timidest soul came nearer to him he and elmore crow who walked beside him had gone through the lower forms of the elgin collegiate institute together that really public kind of school which has so much to do with reassorting the classes of a new country the collegiate institute took in raw material and turned out teachers more teachers than anything the teachers taught chiefly in rural districts where they could save money and with the money they saved changed themselves into doctors fellows of the university mining engineers the collegiate institute was a potential melting-pot you went in as your simple opportunities had made you how you shaped coming out depended upon what was hidden in the core of you you could not in any case be the same as your father before you education in a new country is too powerful a stimulant for that working upon material too plastic and too hypothetical it is not yet a normal force with an operation to be reckoned on with confidence it is indeed the touchstone for character in a new people for character acquired as apart from that inherited it sometimes reveals surprises neither lorne murchison nor elmore crow illustrates this point very nearly lorne would have gone into the law in any case since his father was able to send him and elmore would inevitably have gone back to the crops since he was early defeated by any other possibility nevertheless as they walked together in my mind along the elgin market square the elgin collegiate institute rises infallibly behind them a directing influence and a responsible parent lorne was telling his great news you don't say remarked elmore in response to it lumbago is it pa is subject to that too gets an attack most springs mr folk'll have to lay right up it's the only thing i'm afraid he will and warner never appeared in court in his life what do you keep warner for then oh he does the conveyancing he's a good conveyancer but he isn't any pleader and doesn't pretend to be and it's too late to transfer the case nobody could get to the bottom of it as we have in the time so it falls on me caesar his ghost how do you feel about it lorne i'd be scared green you don't talk nervous now i bet you get there with both feet i hope to get there the young lawyer answered and as he spoke a concentration came into his face which drove the elation and everything else that was boyish out of it it's bigger business than i could have expected for another five years i'm sorry for the old man though he's nervous if you like they can hardly keep him in bed isn't that somebody beckoning to you 
elmore looked everywhere except in the right direction among the carts if you had been to the collegiate relatives among the carts selling squashes were embarrassing there his companion indicated it's mother replied mr crow with elaborate unconcern but i don't suppose she's in anything of a hurry i'll just go along with you far as the post-office he kept his glance carefully from the spot at which he was signalled and a hint of copper colour crawled up the back of his neck oh but she is come along elmore i can go that way it'll be longer for you not a bit lorne cast a shrewd glance at his companion and as we're passing you might just introduce me to your mother see she won't expect it lorne that's all right my son she won't refuse to meet a friend of yours he led the way as he spoke to the point of vantage occupied by mrs crow followed with plain reluctance by her son she was a frail-looking old woman with a knitted shawl pinned tightly across her chest and her bonnet in the course of commercial activity pushed so far back as to be almost falling off you might smarten yourself with that change elmore she addressed him ignoring his companion there's folks coming back for it two-dollar bill wa'n't it fifty cents seventy-five dollar and a half that's a yankee dime and you can march straight back with it they don't pass but for nine cents as you're old enough to know keep twenty-five cents for your dinner you'll get most for the money at the barker house and bring me back another quarter better go and get your victuals now it's gone twelve while they're hot elmore took his instructions without visible demur and then as lorne had not seen fit to detach himself performed the ceremony of introduction as he performed it he drew one foot back and bowed himself which seemed obscurely to facilitate it the suspicion faded out of mrs crow's tired old sharp eyes under the formula and she said she was pleased to make our friend's acquaintance mr murchison's changed some since the old days at the collegiate elmore explained but he ain't any different under his coat he's practicing the law lawyers mrs crow observed are folks i like to keep away from quite right too responded lorne unabashed and so you've got my friend here back on the farm mrs crow well yes he's back on the farm and when he's wore out his winnipeg clothes and his big ideas we're looking to make him some use mrs crow's intention though barbed was humorous and her son grinned broadly there's more money in the law he remarked once you get a start here's mr murchison going to run the ormiston case his old man's down sick and i guess it depends on lorne now whether ormiston gets off or goes to penitentiary mrs crow's face tied itself up into criticism as she looked our young man up and down depends upon you does it she commented well all i've got to say is it's a mighty young dependence coming on next week ain't it he won't be much older by then yes'm she turned to business i don't say but what it's high for rhubarb but there ain't another bunch in the market and won't be for a week yet 
under cover of this discussion lorn bade the crows good morning retreating in the rear of the lady who found the rhubarb high mrs crow's drop of acid combined with his saving sense of the humour of it to adjust all his courage and his confidence and with a braver face than ever he involuntarily hastened his steps to keep pace with his happy chance End of chapter nine